When you've been searching for the right insight, advice, and information on financial marketing, you know where to go. The Speakeasy, the exclusive source for financial marketing insights with a shot of human. Starring Kelly Hellickson and Hillary Reed from Empowerfy, strategy-infused, data-driven marketing solutions for financial institutions nationwide. And on this episode, Kelly Hellickson talks with David Wild, VP of Marketing and Business Development at Sun Federal Credit Union about growth, rapid or otherwise in today's market. Now, here's your host, Kelly Hellickson. Hello, listeners. Today, I have a very special treat and a very special honorary guest today with us. We have Dave Wild from Sun Federal Credit Union. Dave, hello. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Thanks for having me. Great. How are you? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for joining. I'm good. Like I said, it was a sporty spice weekend for the Hellickson family, a little hot, but uh, we survived. <laughs> I don't know about honorary. Honorary makes me sound old. Well, let's assure our listeners that Dave <laughs> Wilde is young and spunky. And on a serious note, he is very, very progressive as a marketer and as a leader in the credit union space. So that's why we have Dave with us today. Today, we're going to talk about expansion and through a pandemic, no less. I know everybody's sick of that topic of conversation, but I think that when we talk expansion and we talk expansion within the credit union or financial space, I think it's really important. And I think it's fantastic to see growth during such a tough time. So Dave, if you're ready, let's have you answer a couple questions and give us some insight to viewers. What do you say? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay, so let's talk about expansion at Sun Federal Credit Union. So the past year, if I have this correctly, you went through two mergers and in a time span of approximately four months, then the pandemic hit. Talk us through where you were at from an expansion standpoint, say January, and then what did that look like from January to April? Where we were at in January, so Sun Federal is really the uh product of, at the time, would have been 16 different mergers. So that's something, you know, that was part of our DNA for quite a while. We had started talking with a few credit unions, obviously, well before the pandemic hit in, what, March. As we were working through that process of dialogue and getting member approval on the partnerships, lo and behold, the pandemic hit. Yet we were so far along in the process that we just had to keep moving forward with integrating these two credit unions. So it was a total hotel of about, uh, I want to say, 4,000 members that we added between January and April of that time period. About another, I want to say, 20, 30 million in assets. Okay. When we talk about navigating that, I'm sure that you had to pivot quite a bit. Talk us through how you had to kind of adapt your approach if you had to from a business standpoint and or merger and acquisition standpoint. The biggest challenge with a merger is even though the majority of members ultimately approve the merger, so you move forward, right? There's a group of members that didn't approve the merger, so they're not too excited, right? We're about to rock their world. <laughs> Resistant to change, some of us. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, we're about to change account numbers. We're going to change their plastic, right? Their day-to-day -day interactions with their financial institution are about to get changed pretty significantly. And we're going to do that knee-deep in the middle of a pandemic, right? Which 
when we did it. In a lot of cases, when you do these, the members can come into the branch and they can work with us that way. And we can then help them through the process. Sure. All of that, for the most part, was shut down. Yeah. Geez, so what did that look like? Lots of online and digital, I assume? A ton, right? Like I said, we'd done about 16 of these before. So we had a pretty good process for communicating with members, helping them through all of the changes. But lo and behold, all of that had to pivot. And like you said, Kel, we had to go digital big time and outreach and embrace the wonderful world of virtual and (laughs) Zoom and video and all that really quick to engage with these members. But Dave, you, Sun Federal, already had online account establishment, correct? And I know that's aside from a merger because you have to bring those folks over, but did that play a role or did you have to implement new software? Yeah, we had to implement some new software. We had parts of online account opening with us, but we didn't have like the full suite of products. So if you were a new member, we didn't have a channel yet built out for that. We had a channel built out for existing members. So we had to pivot big time. And some of the projects that we thought we were going to work on, we had to put those aside and really bring online account opening and online lending to the forefront real quick, because that was one of the key ways we could engage with members, right? Yeah. So did you fire all of that up and get it up and running by that April merger kind of finished deadline there? Or did some of that spill over into second and third quarter? Yeah, I would like to say that we haven't had it all up by April, but no. <laughs> yeah, it really took us until about the third quarter to have all of it baked in and ready to go. Well, I mean, that's still commendable. And I'm assuming that some of the other initiatives that maybe are more fun, like the marketing and because marketing at credit unions can be fun and sexy, guys. Everybody knows that. So I'm sure some of that had to kind of wait on the back burner, didn't it? Yeah, it did. You know, we were fortunate in a way, Kel, that we use uh, interactive teller machines right in our lobbies. So whereas a lot of credit unions had to shut down completely, we didn't have to shut down completely. So we still had a little bit of a more personal touch venue or channel, if you will, for members in that they could come into a lobby, even though it was a pandemic environment, right? And everything was shut down. They could come into a lobby and we had it set up in a way, one member at a time, et cetera. And they could, if it was such a big change for a member and they needed to talk to a person, that they could come into a lobby and engage with us through our interactive telemachines. Yeah, that's right. I forgot those ITMs are really, again, setting you guys apart from others because you're right. Very few of our clients have ITMs but are striving towards that. So do you obviously attribute that to a little bit more of success during the pandemic than others? I honestly do. So when I talk about, right, we had to pivot and do some things on the digital services side, we also had to literally blow out teller lines and put interactive teller machines because we were working through the process. We have, uh, I want to say, 13 branches, both in Ohio and Pennsylvania. And at the time of the pandemic, not all 13 branches had ITM machines. So while we were ramping up our digital services, we were also demoing and renovating and installing ITMs in the branches that we didn't have them so that we could ultimately continue to engage with members. So that by the time, I want to say fall came around, our entire branch network was geared up with ITM machines as a way that we could engage with members. So we had all that going on at the same time, right? So you've got members wanting to come in and they're they're like a little like, hey, what's going on? And they've got construction going on and 
it was a lot for our members to have to, and a whole group of new members that are already a little skeptical. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it sounds like you guys created an accelerated plan and you really just kind of navigated through it to the best of your capabilities and then some in terms of getting everything up and running by fall. So good job there. What do you think, um, if you could pinpoint two, aside from maybe the new member resistance, right, to change, aside from that, if you had to pinpoint two major challenges, what were those two major challenges? Oh, that's a good question. So you mean during the pandemic, right? Or Yeah, I would say last year. Okay, so you guys are merging, did two mergers, right? And you're then hurrying up and trying to get everything else, all of your products and services portfolios, not only online, but able to be applied for online, then take into account your 13 branches, two different states, and installing ITM. So through all that, what were the two largest challenges you feel? So we'll put all those aside because those were pretty big challenges anyway. <laughs> right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I'm going to set aside the financial side of the business, right? The huge influx of deposits, et cetera, and, and working through all of that. But I'm really going to say that the two biggest challenges that we faced and, and were focused on was making sure that our employees felt safe and that they would continue serving our members. So that was a big challenge, especially from a marketing perspective, so consistent communication, and then helping our members feel safe at the same time as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to kind of go the human route and kind of get away a little bit from the technical stuff. But Well, I'm really glad you did, because that just speaks to who you are, and turning your wounds into wisdom is a quote that I always have lived by. It's by Oprah Winfrey, and I think that we are all human, you know, so attributing those major challenges to obviously the pandemic is where we're going to source those ones. Yeah, like I said, if our employees didn't feel safe, there's no way that they would have been equipped to help our members through all of the changes that they went through, not just in their own personal lives, but is influx of new members and everything we were taking them through at the same time. Well, those are good challenges. And it sounds like that, you know, you guys overcame them because let's talk about growth at Sun Federal during, I guess, the last year, two years, 18 months. Have you guys seen substantial growth? Yeah, I think the industry as a whole has seen substantial growth. We grew, well, I don't want to say double in size, but it took us 50 years to get to say point X. And we were able to get to from X to Y in honestly less than two years. And a lot of that was an influx of all the deposits. If you want to talk just like financials, then absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, membership numbers are going to go up, obviously, with the merger, right? But I think that talk about like the balance sheet and how that was affected. Obviously, everyone's on influx of deposits, right? Because everybody was scared. So they wanted to squirrel their money away. How did you do from a loan portfolio standpoint? We saw a significant shift. Well, and when I say shift, right, we were really focused on consumer loans, probably just not unlike the majority of financial institutions. Some federal has always been a mortgage house, Kel, so we've been able to do those. It's kind of like that's our bread and our butter, whereas a lot of credit unions, maybe theirs is. But we even had to, we saw huge growth in our mortgage portfolio. That's where, again, not unlike the rest of the industry, that's where we saw the majority of our growth come from that and from the commercial side, the PPP loans. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, now that we got the financials out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you want to talk numbers, right, we saw loan-to-show ratios dip. 
but not dip nearly as severely as they could have. <laughs> right? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were able to get a lot out there in uh, mortgage loans and, like I said, PPP loans. So that helped quite a bit. Thank you for bearing with me on that. I just wanted to kind of paint that landscape and picture so that when we segue into a couple of the questions that I have for you now, Dave, again, more on the human side of things, what have you noticed as in terms of behavioral shifts within, let's start with members and then we can segue into team members, employees? We've noticed that, like you said, right, members are squirreling their money away right now. They're a little pensive to jump back in whole hog. So because with the Delta variant, who knows what's next? So there's a little bit of a sense of uneasiness right now. So we've noticed that in our members that they're they're kind of... They're just a little bit more conservative. Yeah, and just waiting to see what's going to come next, right? And not just going crazy, maybe, with their finances. I think that rings true in all areas and walks of life for all of us right now, you know, especially school. All the little kiddos are going back to school and a lot of us are just kind of, us parents are just anticipating, well, are they going to stay in school full time this first semester or we know what's going to happen? So I think that uncertainty can just spider into all areas. So I think that's obvious and being conservative, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. No, when we talk conservative, right, it's not only are they um, members uh, saving their money or not doing as much of the summer spending, and you're seeing that because deposits aren't flowing back out of the organization as quick as they came in, but we're also seeing our members pay down debt. That helps to strengthen the economy, right? It certainly does, yeah. So what do you think pie in the sky, crystal ball, if you had one, what do you think will be the long-term impact on our landscape, on the financial sector due to the pandemic, Dave? I think the obvious one is that there'll be fewer credit unions, unfortunately. It hurts my heart to say that, but yeah, I think the movement's going to shrink a little bit, that some of the smaller credit unions may not be able to weather the storm. So that's one thing real macro level that you'll see happen. I mean, it was happening in our industry anyway. I just think this will accelerate the process a little bit. Hillary and I wholeheartedly agree. We just had this conversation and it does hurt our hearts because by the people, for the people, that's what we do, right? That's who we are. I think on a positive note, I think we'll see even deeper heart share relationships with members that we were able to be there for in their time of need. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Oh my gosh, yeah. It gave me goosebumps because I think that's very true. And talk about differentiators, right? I mean, in marketing, that's what we're all about in terms of differentiating ourselves from ABC Credit Union down the street, right? And I think that is going to be key. And that is a positive, right? I mean, we all, another positive is that we all had to lean on each other. And I think that's hard for some people to do. And so to be able to lean on your credit union and for their support to come out during such a terrible time, I mean, that's just what relationships are, solid relationships are built from. You said it earlier, right? Caring about people. One of the whys why credit unions were chartered, right? It is to help members, to absolutely help members in these times of need. So for those members that we were able to be there for, maybe not those ones that we merged with, but no, we've been able to build relationships with them since then. But absolutely, we were there for them, and now they're just going to 
continue to be with us. That's fantastic. Yeah, I think internally it's interesting, right, Cal? So let's talk about that for a minute. What did you see as the biggest long-term impact, maybe internally speaking, Dave? Yeah, it forced us to get agile real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Pivot was a buzzword of the year, but parts of the organization that maybe a little more methodical or process-oriented or procedure-oriented didn't have that option right. anymore. I mean, we ramped up things that we never thought we would ramp up that quickly. See, and that's a positive too, right? Because it shows us what we can do when pressed. I think that for me is the most exciting and positive thing that I can take out both professionally and personally speaking is the pandemic forced us to do things, to get out of our comfort zone and do things that we didn't know we were capable of, but look what we did. You know what I mean? So I'm going to definitely hang my hat on that one as a mom, as a wife, and as a professional. Absolutely. One other thought is obviously we partner with Empowerfy for a lot of what we do here. And we also use the Faraday model, but that partnership allowed us to engage with our members. We harnessed all of that data, Kelly. We, we started to get into the wonderful world of AI, right? So when at a time we weren't able to have face-to-face or one-to-one relationships with members, we were able to do the next best thing, which was harness all of this data through this relationship with you guys so that we could be as relevant and we could be as personal with our members as we could in a very um, digital, electronic way. And that'll continue. For us, that's another long-term impact. That'll, that commitment to that type of engagement will continue. That's fantastic. And so Intellify, powered by Faraday, is our artificial intelligence platform here at Empowerify. And that's what, for our listeners, that's what Dave is speaking to. And I think that something as of note, case study that we did, Dave, do you remember the mortgage campaign that we produced back in October 2019? Oh, that's right. I'll never forget it because we got your email, Hillary and I, that you guys wanted to put out a mortgage campaign in October in Ohio. (laughs) And remember when we jumped on the call and I said, Dave, are you sure? Because I don't know how many people are going to want to move. But that campaign, due to source to our tenacity, right, and our creative minds, but as well as the data, really performed for us. And you saw an unprecedented, I think it was almost 300 qualified leads in October, folks, in Ohio. So everybody knows what that means. And I think that's something that's commendable. And it's exciting to be able to harness the data and to use it to help people because ultimately it needs to work for the member. Yeah. You know, and that mortgage campaign was a great way to dabble our toes. But when the pandemic hit, we had to get serious, mm-hmm. jump all in, right, with the data instead of just dip our toes in the water. We jumped all in. And like I said, I'm a firm believer in that that was a way that helped us try and stay as connected in a very electronic way, right? A lot of the human connection went away for a while. But if I can talk to Kelly and understand Kelly's likes, because I have a lot of data about Kelly and then communicate that to her, she knows. Behavioral analytics and machine learning. Yes, sir. So I think subtly Kelly knows that we're still connected to her. And that's great. I love how you put that. A very personal connection based off or as a result of utilizing and harnessing that data in a non-personal digital communication. I think that you're absolutely right. The Kellys of the world that are members at Sun Federal know that you guys care. So 
I think that is really great. What other positives? Let's end our session on a positive note. Maybe something positive, personally speaking, that you saw come out of as a result of the pandemic, Dave. Yeah, I saw our entire Sun Federal team step up and continue to engage, even when they were dealing with all of the stress and scaredness, if that's a word. <laughs> it's a word now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, holy cow, Kill, right? I mean, we were all dealing with our own personal fears that came along with the pandemic. But to have a group of people that were so committed to the mission that they would come in every day when needed, right? Or work from home when needed, when they're worried about, like you said, you know, what's what's going on at school? What's my daycare situation? I don't have daycare. All of these things. My family is dealing with the pandemic, yet we saw a group of people band together behind a mission and continue serving our members through all of this. And I can attest for the amazing folks and team there at Sun, too. I mean, you guys, even outside of the marketing, you guys have a really fantastic team. And the commercial that we produced is living proof of that. I mean, you're right. Your team really did step up. So that's fantastic. And I would have to say that I'd have to say the same thing about my team at Empowerify and my team at home. You know, we just continuously had to pivot, had to morph and navigate things that we were scared to navigate and step outside of our comfort zone. So I'll take that as a win all day long. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Well, Dave, thanks so much for your time. And hopefully we'll get you back on here again. And whether we talk expansion or not, it's always wonderful. And we are appreciative of your time. So thanks for joining. Oh, no, thank you. Yeah, this was fun. Appreciate you having me. And thank you for joining us and to simplify your credit union marketing needs with Empowerfy's full service marketing and design support, please visit Empowerfy.org. You can also email Kelly direct at Kelly at Empowerfy.org. This is the Speakeasy Financial Marketing Podcast. Thanks for listening.